And now, from our studios in Kansas City, Sci-Fi For Me Radio is live from the bunker. Just priming the pump just a little bit here, folks. And I know that's not the typical opening title sequence for this show, but uh, maybe, maybe it's time, maybe it's time to bring Deep Space Minds back into the regular lineup instead of doing some, uh, some one-off specials. Oh, here we go. Hi, everybody. We are live from the bunker. A special Deep Space Minds edition. <laughs> oh, it's, I, you know, I never thought that I would be doing this particular show, this particular episode, talking about this particular topic. I just, I just don't. My name is Jason Hodden. I'm the editor here at Sci-Fi For Me. Glad to have all of you with us here live. We are broadcasting to YouTube and Odyssey. I've, I've dropped the, the stream to Facebook. Nobody's watching over on Facebook, so we're just gonna, we're gonna concentrate on the bandwidth on those two channels right now. Uh, so Facebook, excuse <laughs> me, Facebook and Odyssey. And I'm sorry, YouTube and Odyssey. And. Uh, and the podcasts are back up and running, so uh, uh, good to see all of that. Uh, shout out to our listeners in the Philippines, Poland, Spain, the UK. Good to have all of you with us as well. And I got to start. I got to start with uh, some breaking news. Uh, by the way, you can you can leave a comment if you're here not with us live. Uh, join our Discord because I imagine our Discord is going to be a little bit lively after this. Breaking news, folks. <coughs> Susan Wojcicki is stepping down as CEO of YouTube. I don't know if anybody saw this or not. This is, I mean, this is just coming out. An interesting timing on this, I would say, uh, given that there are uh, hearings, congressional hearings going on with big tech CEOs right now. Uh, and yes, sh a shout out to our listeners from the future. Sci-Fi Snob. Let me let me go through and say hi to everybody in the chat because I see some names I have not seen and uh, in well some I haven't seen before. Camp is here. Sci-Fi Snob's here. Death Angel Shadow is in and out, uh, planting our Discord flag there in the chat. Keeley's here. Uh, I see the cool guy. I don't think I've seen that name in the chat before. Welcome. Good to have you. Hopefully uh, you find that this is worth the time. You stick around. We'll we'll see what happens. But, um, <coughs> yeah, Susan Wojcicki uh, is, is stepping down. Uh, this is Hollywood Reporter. Let me pull this up here so people can see. This, I mean, this broke maybe like, uh, well, it was posted three hours ago. So, uh, so yeah, YouTube, uh, the executive who will be succeeded by Chief Product Officer Neil Mohan, has led the Google-owned video platform since 2014. YouTube CEO Susan Wojcicki is stepping down from her role after nine years leading the Google-owned company, the executive said on Thursday. In a message to staff, Wojcicki said she was leaving to start a new chapter focused on family, health, and personal projects I'm passionate about. She will be succeeded by Neil Mohan, most recently YouTube's chief product officer and close lieutenant, who will take on the title of senior vice president and head of YouTube. Interesting that YouTube is not going to have a CEO now. I wonder what that's about. That sounds like corporate restructuring is in play. Wojcicki said she will assume an advisory role at YouTube and parent company Google to help with the transition. I'm not going to go through her note to staff. Uh, it is, uh, she says, the time is right. Um, <laughs> and I'll say it is. But I don't know anything about this this uh, this new guy. Uh, I have not heard anything about, uh, about Neil Mohan. So we're going to have to look into that as well and see. Um, it could be, you know, 
say meet the new boss same as the old boss i don't know good uh, good to see wolverine says wonder if the new youtube ceo is going to be any different than the previous one kind of doubt it uh snob says google is hurting did you see the insider report about problems uh not not anything recent um but there it is i will i will take a look at that <coughs> good to see christopher there leaving a sinking ship possibly maybe um I think that the timing of this is very suspicious. If I was a suspicious guy, if I was a cynic, <coughs> and I am, I think that uh, I think that this is not a coincidence. Given that you've got a number of uh, committee, you know, house house committees that are looking into the big tech CEOs and how things are are going. So we'll see how that goes. I'm, uh, I'm curious. I'm curious. So anyway, um, other, <laughs> other breaking news that doesn't have anything to do with us, but I'm just going to report it anyway. We've got another train derailment outside Detroit. One car with hazardous materials as opposed to five. So there is that going on today. So in case nobody else in the media ever tells you about it, We've got another train derailment in Detroit. All right. Uh, Picard. Season 3. Episode 1. I watched it this morning. Mrs. Boss watched it with me this morning. Uh, cool Guy says, next Kathleen Kennedy will step down. I, All of the signs are pointing toward her... Ending her tenure at Lucasfilm at, by the end of the year. That's the rumor anyway. But we've heard this before. She was going to get fired. She was going to quit. Her contract was going to run out. And they were going to you know, let her go. All of the, We've heard all of this before. But now that Bob Iger is back, and given the fact that they had a falling out, I'm not sure that she'll stay past the end of the year. That's a complete guess on my part. But I think Indiana Jones 5 is her swan song. I think it always has been. And uh, I think that's going to be the thing, what uh, what gets her out the door, is um, I don't think Indiana Jones 5 is going to do as well at the box office as they expect, as they hope, as they want. <coughs> and that will be the final... That will be the final straw that broke the camel's back. But that's a complete guess on my part. I mean, if you look at some of the reports coming out of Lucasfilm from Secret Agent Sparrow reporting to Cameron Pasha, there's a lot of turmoil inside Lucasfilm going on right now. So, yeah, man. Uh, Snob says, never used to be this many derailments. I saw a statistic the other day that train derailments are, there's something like on the order of 1,400 per year, but I didn't see what they define as a derailment. Um, certainly not the catastrophic kind like we've been seeing of late, but uh, that was the number that I saw, something something like over 1,400 a year. But that could just be, you know, wheel skips off the off the rail for all I know. I don't I don't know. So uh, uh, I'm not sure what they're counting as a derailment. But certainly, certainly the timing of it and the number of them and and the fact that they're happening so frequently of late. I don't know. I'm not a conspiracy theorist or anything, but you know, uh, the only difference between conspiracy theories and the truth is about three weeks. So let's just give this time to play out. We'll see what happens. I, I'm, we're not going to Fahrenheit 1984 it yet. Uh, I have not read Atlas Shrugged. It's on my things what I have to get to, and I've got to read it at some point. It's, it is on my list. But that list is very, very, very long. <clears throat> but uh, I probably will have to uh, bump that one up a little bit higher in the in the pile sooner rather than later. So anyway, all right. So we've got uh, we've got Picard season three episode one dropped uh, this this last night, <coughs> and given the fact that I have not received media screeners, <clears throat> Nikki, I've sent you emails. 
given the fact that I have not had media screeners, I've had to wait uh, because I'm not going to sail the seven seas on this. Yo, ho, ho, and all that. Some people probably are. Some people will. Um, and that you do you, boo. But um, uh, I, I, I had to wait. And all this time that I'm waiting, I'm seeing people like Robert Meyer Burnett, or yeah, Robert Meyer Burnett, Dave Cullen, and now Gary at Nerdrotic this morning. You know, the, the chatter from so many different people has all been positive. Now, Engadget didn't like it. Doomcock's going to Doomcock. Um, there's a couple of couple of reviews out there that are leaning more negative than positive. And and Cullen, you know, Dave Cullen said that there are there are some problems with the show, but they're minor problems. And I'm seeing all of this positive buzz, all of this, you know, Terry Metalis is is doing the Lord's work here when it comes to to Star Trek, and he's actually giving us a Star Trek show. So I'm, I'm looking at this <laughs> and I, I will admit, I hated the first season of Picard. I barely got through it. I forced myself to finish watching season one of Picard. I didn't even bother with season two. I said, Nope, I'm done. I'm out. And, and it was during, I think it was Obi-Wan or, you know, Lower Decks you know, around in, the, in that time period there when I, I came to the, to, the, to the decision that if a show doesn't keep me past three episodes, I check out. I'm done. I'm, I'm, I'm done. I'm, I'm not even going to invest my time. And I know I feel like I, I, I kind of have an obligation to slog through it because this is what I do, you know, media professional and all that stuff that I am. But there's, there comes a point when you're, uh, diminishing returns start to kick in, right? You start to sit there and go, is this really worth my time? Is this worth the time of anybody else who would be of a mind to watch any of this stuff? Uh, Cam says a derailment simply means a wheel comes off a track. Okay, so so they're they're very broad in that number, I guess, on on train derailments. So so Picard season three comes in, everybody's talking nice about it. The pre the the previews and the and the trailers and everything else. I'm thinking, oh, I it looks it looks. It looks like Star Trek. It looks like Star Trek. And uh, I'm I'm cautiously optimistic. Now, me being the cynic that I am, <coughs> cautiously optimistic, it, that's a fair piece for me to get to that point. Especially given the last of uh, the couple of things you know, the last couple of seasons of Picard. I checked out of Discovery after the first episode. I have not watched any Discovery since. <clears throat> Kurtzman Trek is Drek. Um, I, I watched the first Abrams reboot movie in 2009, and I was, I was perfectly fine with it until the title card showed up. And, you know, you had that first pro, that opening prologue and the ship and, and Sam Kirk and, you know, you know, George, you know, George, George Kirk, Sam's the brother, George Kirk and, and that. And then you had Star Trek real big as life across the screen. And I thought, okay, that it's not a bad start. And it went downhill from there. And I hated that movie. And I did not, I still have not seen the other two Abrams Trek films. I have not seen Into Darkness. I have not seen Beyond, even though I'm told Beyond is the most like Star Trek out of the three. But I didn't even, I wasn't even interested. Don't care. Don't want to know. It's not, it's not going to, I'm not going to lose any sleep. Picard the same way. Picard season two. Don't care. Don't know. 
I'm not going to lose any sleep over, over not seeing it. But there's all this chatter about season three. Robert says he's seen all ten episodes. Gary's seen all ten episodes. Dave Cullen's seen at least six. And media people have, have seen the first four to six, depending on how many screeners they got. <clears throat> Usually, networks will give you the first four. But it sounds like they they handed out six screeners this time. By the way, Nikki, Paramount, I'm, I'm waiting for a reply to my email, please. <clears throat> so there are people who have seen more than just this first episode. So they, they've got a little bit more information to work with than I do. But I have to say, I'm kind of impressed with Terry Metalis right now. <clears throat> uh, Snob says, why should we even give Picard season three a chance? After every season of Discovery, they said the next would be better. After season one of Picard, they said it would be better. They lied. Yes. However... Wolverine says the Kelvin Star Trek films are ten times better than Discovery. Uh, yeah, maybe. I, I Again, I didn't see the other two. I saw the first one. And yes, the first one is better than Star Trek Discovery, at least the first episode of Discovery. But it's still not very good. <coughs> now, before I get into saying, I'm not going to get too, too spoilery with this because I... I I'm going to recommend that you watch it and form an opinion for yourselves. Because that's what everybody else is saying. You know, Robert's saying if you're not hooked in the first 40 minutes, then you know you you'll 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 appreciate it after the first 40 minutes. Gary's saying give it three episodes. I I've I've seen one episode. That's all I've got to work with. <clears throat> but I like what I've seen so far. And a lot of it has to do with the fact that Terry Metalis, who's the showrunner and the writer of this first episode, he has pulled out all the stops for fan service in this episode. He has done a, his dead-level best to show he is one of us type of thing. It's It's... There's a lot. <coughs> oh, I hate that. I'm sorry. There's a lot of Star Trek 2 in this episode. Homage to Star Trek 2. It is member berries, but they're they're organic to everything. It's not just let's contrive and let's put things in and let's do this. It is, it is well-crafted. It's well-written. Um, I didn't really, I mean, there wasn't anything that just leaped out and grabbed me as, as being clunky or anything. And I, even with Raffi still being there, I'm fine with Raffi being in the show if Raffi is being well-written as a character. And so far, what her storyline is setting up to be, I'm... Uh, okay, we'll see where it goes. I have my suspicions who she's working for. Because she's in Starfleet Intelligence now. Uh, we knew that going into it. <clears throat> and her handler... Uh, has yet to be revealed. Her handler is talking to her through a computer interface, so you don't get a voice, you don't get a name, you don't know who it is, but I have a suspicion based on how the handler talks. I have a suspicion who Rafi's handler is. And I'm okay, I'm okay, as long as the character is written well. <clears throat> Captain Phantom Nerd says this episode was dark, and I don't mean the lighting. A ton of member berries overall. The episode was man, not good or bad. Okay, yeah, it is cinematography. It's still, it's still darker than I would like for it to be. <coughs> Although the the stuff on board the Titan is is better than what you get on Discovery, but but you know, yeah, it's it's still it's still a, a modern. 
We have to be cinematic in our lighting and stuff. But if you look back, if you look back at the at the bridge of the Enterprise in the movies, it was always with with a couple of exceptions. It was darker than the than the shows anyway. I mean, you know, Star Star Trek the motion picture was probably the only one, and then at the end of Star Trek Four, the bridge of the Enterprise A, that was. That was brighter, but it still wasn't as bright as the original series bridge. And a lot of it had to do with the technology that they were using, what kind of format you're in and what kind of projections, you know, where where you're going to see it and that kind of thing. <clears throat> but Star Trek II, uh, the bridge was darker and, you know, three and, and five, well, five was okay. But the bridge has always been lit a little bit differently in the movies than it has been in in the TV show. Next Generation Enterprises were the same way. So I'm not going to hold the lighting against them too terribly much. I would like to see it brighter, yes. But this is what we're stuck with. Um, and the darkness tonally... I don't think it's as dark as we've had before uh, because you you have characters, and, and Gary touched on this on his stream this morning, you have characters that you can like. You have characters now that you can care about. And that goes a long way because the camaraderie between Picard and Riker is there. Jonathan Frakes is doing a great job as Riker, even though he's, you know, he, he, he said for how long he's almost forgotten how to play the character because he's been directing for so long and not acting. And now he's back in and he's doing, uh, he's doing a, a great job as Riker. And... We'll see where it goes. I mean, you, I've got one episode to go off of. Everybody else has got more, and they're saying this thing picks up and it goes, it goes in good, good, good directions. So, I don't know. <clears throat> Snob says best thing to do is fill your intelligence services with drunks, gambling addicts. Better to let foreign services turn them. To well, I, I, I think that's going to come into play. Her history as an addict because here in the first episode you can see her fighting it but she's also using it as her cover because they're basically leaning into okay you've been a drunk and an addict for so long let's use that to see if you can find information on this thing that's happening apparently there's been a weapon that's been stolen from the daystrom institute and she's looking for information on that and uh, so they're using her history as an addict as her cover and I, okay, I'm okay with that. Again, it's if the character is written well, if the story goes someplace that makes sense, not only for the overall plot and logic of the story, but if it makes sense for that character to go from point A to point P to point C, okay. Is Raffi a great character? No, but. I have a feeling, just based on what everybody has said, I have a feeling that we're going to get a completely different Raffi in this season. Because you have a completely different showrunner, a different writer, and the powers that be, Alex Gertzman, the powers that be don't care. I thought that was a very telling point that Robert said when he when he watched all this stuff and he asked Terry, he said, how did you manage to get all of this in this show? And Terry Metalis says, nobody was watching. Nobody cares what I do. It's the last season of the show. And you know, Metalis got a point. It's the last season of the show. The show's over. Done with. Kurtzman's off doing his thing. Akiva Goldsman's off doing his thing. Nobody, nobody's minding the store. They just let Terry, they, they let Metallus just do what he wants. And I thought it was a, it was an interesting, <coughs> a bold statement, Cotton, that he put Raffi on the planet Metallus Prime. I mean, right there out in the open, he's basically putting a big finger up in the air against the, the powers that be, I think, is what it looks like. 
because he can. If nobody at Paramount cares, if nobody at CBS cares, and, and really, what do they know about Star Trek? Nothing. That's why they have an outside studio making Star Trek for them. And they don't know that Kurtzman doesn't know anything about this. Uh, is blonde murder woman scientist still there? No. Everybody from the first couple of seasons is gone, except Laris is in the opening part of the show, uh, the opening part of the episode, and then she's gone, and then there's Rafi. Everybody else is gone. We, we are a next-generation TV show now. <clears throat> <coughs> I, I am going to recognize I'm going to recommend that people watch this and form an opinion of your own. Just cause. I I think it would be worth your time because we get into this and, and I know a lot of people are saying don't hate watch it and I know what Doomcock's been doing. Doomcock is so far invested into hating Alex Kurtzman that he is blind to the possibility that he's wrong. And even if he does recognize that he's wrong, he's never going to come out and admit it. Because he can't. He's painted himself into a corner with this hate box that he's in. And he's, he's not going to be able to get out of it. And I would, I would bet, if I were a betting man, I'm not, but if I were a betting man, I would say that Doomcock's watching the show. And he won't. He probably will never admit that he watched the show, and he's probably not watching the show legally. But I would, I would bet that Doomcock's watching the show because he's got to find some things to complain about. <coughs> I finally had to unfollow Doomcock on Twitter today because he's just gone so far around the bend on his Kurtzman hate that it's 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 not worth the time. So, yeah, we'll see. Will he come around? Probably not, because he'll have to eat crow, and he'll have to eat a lot of crow. If he ever admits that Picard Season 3 is good, that's going to that's gonna do harm to his brand. But he's doing harm to his brand anyway with the extreme position that he's been taking on, well, if you support Picard. Doomcock's not doing himself any favors on this. And I talked about this before with the whole with 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 Robert finally directly addressing this. It's you know this kind of drama, this kind of infighting among fans, this doesn't do us any good. You know if 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 you have the creative people, people like Alex Kurtzman and 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 Akiva Goldsman and the actors and the writers and the producers, if all of these people are against us, we don't have the time or the luxury to be fighting amongst ourselves. We need to be pushing back against them and saying, this is not what we want, that's what we want. I don't want this yellow box over here full of stuff. I want this green sphere over here this is i want more of this and when we sit there and say i like this do more of this we need to incentivize the people that are making the good stuff and gary could be right this could be the only good star trek that we get out of modern era trek now strange new worlds is okay they almost lost me on that one episode with Mabenga and the daughter. I I was livid over that one. <clears throat> but Strange New Worlds is also a limited show that has no place to go. So they're not gonna have they're not gonna have the, the opportunity to change anything as far as canon goes because they have to run up against the the, the original series. With Picard, you've got pretty much an open landscape at the end of this thing because there is nothing afterwards. <clears throat> and you're not beholden to anything in continuity canon going forward because there's nothing ahead of you. And that's where we need to be with Star Trek. It's where we need to be with Star Wars. You know, we need to be 
looking ahead to the stuff what hasn't been written yet so we don't have any limitations on the kind of stories we could tell. So, having said all that, we're going to take a real quick break. We'll get back into some specifics. I'm going to try to keep this very spoiler light, spoiler free as much as possible. But we will we will get into uh, some stuff uh, right after this. Don't go anywhere. Performing the Picard maneuver with our eyes closed. This is sci-fi for me. I find it difficult to get excited about it. Mm-hmm. And I don't know if it's my natural cynicism or my 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 cynicism. pessimism it, mm, uh, tempered my, with uh, my, uh, 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 a dash of pessimism. I, I don't know maybe maybe I'm jaded at this point perhaps I, the H2O podcast only on sci-fi for me TV Good morning multiverse Saturday morning at 11 10 central only on sci-fi for me TV Back live from the bunker, ladies and gentlemen, you need to decide for yourself. Don't take my word for it. And yes, those are original Mego, Kirk, and Spock figures there on the shelf next to my communicator. Which might get a signal better than my phone down here in the in the uh, in the bunker. Maybe I don't know. All right. The first thing I want to do, I want to talk a little bit. Um, I want to I want to talk for just a second about about the music. But first of all, let me address Stop. I don't I don't know how much did Robert criticize fans. Uh, Robert hasn't been I I have not seen now he's had some disagreements with some people, but I've not seen Robert go after fans the way uh, the way some of these creators be the way Marina Sirtis has the way Mark Hamill has. Uh, I mean, he's he's complained about modern star trek since jj abrams reboot you know he's been he's been consistent about that and as he's pointed out he's hated kurtzman trek he's hated picard and discovery he's not a he's not a fan um but i don't think i don't think doomcock's right either i think doomcock is going a little bit over the top with any of this stuff uh, with with his hatred and his vitriol directed at fans who are sitting there saying, you know what, I'm going to give it a chance. Well, if you support it, you're just giving Alex Kurtzman the win. And maybe. But there is the possibility that the powers that be at CBS will recognize that Terry Metalis is the one who made Picard Season 3, and that's the one everybody likes, so maybe we give Terry Metalis the new contract to make more Star Trek. I don't know. It's hard to say. But I think it's also noteworthy that CBS is not (coughs) greenlighting any new Kurtzman projects. We still don't have Section 31. That's just kind of nebulous out there in the ether. We don't have what was the other one they were talking about? They've been talking about a Star uh, Starfleet Academy show, I think, with uh, with um, Nicholas Meyer. That hasn't materialized. None none of the other stuff that's been rumored out there has been anything that we've seen uh, move forward. So I have to wonder if they're waiting for Kurtzman's contract to expire. Because they're not greenlighting any new stuff with him. Maybe they're done with him. And maybe they look at this and say, 
you know what? Terry Metalis did a pretty good job. Let's see what he can do with more Star Trek. And I'm not saying that's going to happen. Who knows? We'll see. <coughs> yeah, I don't want to see a, a Section 31 uh, TV show. I don't care about Section 31. Section 31 got overplayed way back in Deep Space Nine. I'm done with Section 31. There's a series of books, you know, Section 31 novels. Leave it there. Section 31... is edgy Star Trek for the time when it was created. I don't I don't need Section 31. I certainly don't need a Kurtzman section, section 31. That's for sure. Uh, what about jumping in the chat? Good to see you as well. Uh, Death Angel Shadow says, I've been begging for a Starfleet Academy show for years. I, you know, I don't know if I would want to see a Starfleet Academy show. Because here's here's why. Because you know what it's going to be. It end up being a CW show. And I don't want CW Star Trek. I really don't. Um, the first thing that comes to my mind is Gotham Knights. This new thing that they're doing over there on the CW. I don't want that in Star Trek. <clears throat> now, all right. I want to talk about a very most important thing when it comes to this this first episode of, of Picard Season 3. The music. The music score. You have a new guy. Stephen Barton is in doing the composing this year. And he is, uh, he is uh, a, an alumnus. Uh, he's a Terry Metalis guy. Metalis brought him in to do the score. And... What Stephen Barton is doing at Picard is the same thing that Kevin Kiner is doing in The Bad Batch. <clears throat> Kevin Kiner... <laughs> Excuse me. And we noted this on the Ranker Pit when we were talking about the, uh, talking about the Indiana Jones episode of The Bad Batch. Kevin Kiner is, is able to channel John Williams in a way that is almost supernatural in 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 certain cases kevin kinder does a great job with the score of the bad batch and stephen barton uh stephen <coughs> stephen barton knocks it out of the park with this first episode there are all sorts of callbacks to jerry goldsmith james horner not just in the tracks that they reuse, because they do use uh, J Jerry Goldsmith's themes from First Contact. And oddly enough, the end credits for Picard, at least this episode, are the end credits track from Star Trek V. And I and and I know it's Star Trek V. It's a very specific arrangement of the of the Goldsmith theme. Goldsmith reworked that theme for Star Trek V, and that's the end credits theme, <clears throat> which I thought was an interesting take. I, that's a, that's an interesting choice. That they do that, but but yeah, Barton Barton is doing some stuff in the music that really it 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 grabs you. You go, oh, I remember that. I remember that. I, I mean, we're Leonardo DiCaprio on the couch. I I, I recognize that. <coughs> there, yes, there's a lot of member berries, but it's organic because you got to get from one place to the other, and you might as well do it in a way that that reminds you of something else. Why not? Because this is the setup episode. This is the beginning. This is the prologue. This is just get on the ship and get on our way. And there's a lot of Star Trek II in this. And I say that from the very beginning of the show, where it says, in the 25th century, same as Star Trek II. And the only reason it was there at Star Trek II 
in the 23rd century, Nicholas Meyer wanted to tell dad, his dad, this movie's set in the future, dad. <clears throat> That's the only reason in the 23rd century, he said, this is for people who don't know what Star Trek is all about. This is the setup in the 23rd century. This is so dad can know we're in the future. We're telling a science fiction story. And it's on the first episode of this season of Picard in the 25th century. Same color blue, same font. And from there, throughout the entire episode, Terry Metallus sits there and says, I'm one of you. And the whole time, the whole time I'm watching this episode, I'm thinking, oh, this is this. That's kind of fun. That's good. I see what they did there. I see what you did there, Terry. There's a take her out, Mr. Savick part, you know, leaving, leaving space dock. It's, it's, it, uh, it's it, it, there's all sorts of things where I'm sitting there going, I know that. I know what that is. I know that. But at the same time, I have to sit in here right in the back of my head. There's The Force Awakens. Because The Force Awakens did the same kind of thing, right? I recognize that. I recognize that. And this is, <coughs> this is, you know, let's reassure everybody that we know what we're doing. So the, the suspicion about bait and switch, is there, is there could, we, could we be getting set up for a fall? Is there a possibility of a bait and switch? And mm, I don't know. But people are saying no. Dave Cullen has watched it. Robert Meyer Burnett has watched it. Gary has watched it. And they're all saying there's no bait and switch. There's... Okay, well... What what do we do with that? <clears throat> I don't know. I just... <sighs> I, I think it's off to a good start. I'll say that. I, 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 um, I'm still cautiously optimistic. I'm still... I'm still not 100%. I know it's early, and I know there's possibility still for, for disappointment. And, yeah, Star Trek V is, is not great. <coughs> Camp says, not to be flippant, but this is like spousal abuse followed by, but I really love you, baby. I can, look, I can, I can totally see that. I can totally see that. However, I would say, um, <clears throat> I would say it's more like. Well, I, I'll give you, I'll, I'll, I'll give you one better. Let's extend that. Let's extend that analogy. Okay. Let's say you're in an abusive relationship, and you get out of it. You say, "I'm done. I'm leaving. I'm, I'm finished." <clears throat> and you go for a little while on your own, and then you meet someone else, and that someone else sits there and says, look, I know you've been treated bad. I'm not going to be the same same kind. Terry Metallus and his Star Trek feels like the second marriage. And I can, I can speak with some authority on this because my first marriage was not great at all. My second marriage has been much better by, by miles. My second marriage has been much better. And conversations that I've had with Mindy, sometimes I've said, you know first one was not like this first one was like this and we have conversations about the differences in that marriage versus this marriage and this is not a 
continued abuse, but I really love you. This is, I'm not going to do what that guy did, is what it feels like. Now, Terry, Terry Metalis doesn't have anything else to do after Picard Season 3. That's done. He's finished. But, I don't know. <laughs> Wolverine, Wolverine says, do you think a certain character is going to have their Maury Povich moment? Absolutely. I think absolutely. See, and that's, and that's another, that's another thing. This, I, I can't, I can't say too much without giving it away. Star Trek 2. This episode is Star Trek 2-ish. It's got pieces of Star Trek 2. So, uh, MS says, Picard Season 3 is like when you have a family member that is clean from addiction, but you still don't leave them alone in your home. I, okay, I can, I can accept that. I can accept that comparison. There is some caution that's warranted. You know, I don't know, I've seen one episode. Maybe it stays going. Maybe it's a bait and switch. I don't know. We'll see. But I think it's off to a good start, at least in my mind. And if you decide you don't want to watch it, then don't watch it. If you decide that that it's not worth your time, then that's fine. Death Angel said, are you saying I should actually watch something with Picard? Like I said... That's completely up to you. I'm, I'm, I'm coming into this hating everything, just about everything that Alex Kurtzman has touched. I like Prodigy. I don't like Lower Decks. I'm okay with Strange New Worlds. I hated Discovery. I hated the first two episodes, the first two seasons of of Picard. It's a mix and match. It's, <clears throat> it's. You know, like what you like, don't like what you don't like. It's pick and choose at this point, I think. Uh, Mazur says, Bill Krause designed the newer USS Titan specifically for Picard Season 3, not to be confused with the older Titan that Riker commanded in the books. Yes. <coughs> the Titan in the books was uh, a fan design. I think they ran a contest for that. And this new one, Bill Krause, um, I, I, I can't remember. I think I saw... I think I saw Krauss talking about how he got involved, but he had done a number of, of fan mock-ups of some different things, and I think this is a variation on a design that he did maybe for Star Trek Online. I'm not sure. I'm not sure. Um, <clears throat> I don't know. So it's... Yeah, but I, you know, at at this at this point, you know, this is this is something that we need to get past, <clears throat> and maybe we've done it to ourselves over the years because of how fandom has always been treated. Remember, we weren't the cool kids in school for a long time. Being being fans of all of this stuff was never in the mainstream until it was in the mainstream. And I think that did a lot of damage. But it's almost as if if you're a fan of something, you're expected to like everything and defend everything about it. And we need to get over that. <clears throat> it's not an all or nothing proposition, I don't think. If you like Star Trek... You can like Star Trek and not like Discovery. You can you can hate Lower Decks and still be a Star Trek fan. You can not like the sequel trilogy of Star Wars and still be a Star Wars fan. I think this expectation that you know you have to like something because you're a fan of something. Well, no. We, we don't have to get into that box. You know, some people don't like Star Trek V. Some people don't like Nemesis. I, I'm, not, I'm not too keen on Nemesis. Some people don't like Star Trek The Motion Picture. Depending on which variation you watch, your mileage may vary on that. And, and yeah, uh, 
first couple of, first couple of seasons of Next Generation were not great. It didn't hit its stride until after the after the writer strike. <coughs> so Emma says, I've watched Trek my whole life, but I'm no longer invested in what they do moving forward. I still watch old Trek, but it's not just that I might like this show or that show. It's that they completely changed what the universe stands for. I can I can understand that. Absolutely. And I still don't like the fact that you've got blue language in Star Trek. I think that's completely, uh, it's the antithesis of what Star Trek's all about. Because Star Trek is about being better. Being better humans, being better people, being better to each other. And we've lost some of that in modern Star Trek. <clears throat> Strange New Worlds is pretty good. And they, they, get, they get the tone pretty well. And Picard Season 3 gets closer. It's not, it's not perfect. It's absolutely not perfect. Uh, it, but it's, it's better. Yes, second ball and chain with the with the lock and chain there. <laughs> By the oh. way, move your microphone to your right so we can actually see your face a little bit better, please. Thank you very much. Well, Hi, I'm Mrs. Making Boss. sure. Hi, I'm just making sure you can hear me. I'm talking into the right place with it yes. in the right spot. And yes, all that. yes. I'm just saying, as I was watching this today, um, one thought that came into my head. I mean, and you touched a little bit with how you were like, oh, you remember The Force Awakens, where it's this and this and that. Uh -huh. But, you know, one thing <clears throat> Star Trek has given us that Star Wars did not give us, and I'm not saying, you know, they did it with, obviously, the movies and stuff like that. We got to see everybody back together, and with this season, we're going to see, as they show it on the previews, as long as the previews aren't lying, we're going to see everybody back together. Mm-hmm. Yep. Which is a heck of a lot more <laughs> than now, we got. That has not happened in this episode. Not this Again, episode. We're we're in setup mode right now. Setup so. mode, and like I said, they show these wonderful things called previews on this thing called the television and stuff. So yeah. as long as they're not lying to us there, and I don't think they are, but well, at the same time. Lying is a marketing it's technique a thing. now. It's a thing. Yeah, Mazer's The Guardian of Forever and Discovery was absolutely stupid. I, I saw I saw clips of that. I that was the dumbest thing I've ever seen before. That's just, just ridiculous. So their next challenge there is to get the crew of Deep Space Nine together. Well, they can't because we're missing a couple, but as close I'm, as they can. I'm, I'm. Uh, but I haven't finished the season yet. I'm expecting. I'm expect. Uh, I think it would be fun to see Miles O'Brien in Picard season three because he started on Next Generation. Yes. I think that would be fun. But um, Mrs. Boss said, "Should I even attempt to watch Star Trek Discovery, despite their completely and unquestionably Wait, blatant and total obvious that? plagiarism that of the property?" Now, nobody, nobody here is saying anything about watching Discovery. Don't no. watch the Discovery. No, no. Discovery is crap. I think if we do anything next for binging Star Trek, because we're currently in the middle of three, we still need to kind of binge Next Generation. And I'm sure just to see the Beagle in Enterprise. Enterprise, Porthos, yeah. Because, I mean, it's a Beagle. And that's all you need to tell except Mr. Boss. Enterprise, except Enterprise doesn't become a Star Trek show until the fourth season when Manny Cotto reigns. And that's, 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 the other, that's the other comparison that we can make here, right? Is that Terry Metalis with Picard Season 3 is doing a similar kind of thing that Manny Cotto did with Enterprise Season 4. Basically sit there and says, you know what? Nobody cares. I'm going to make the show that I want to make. How about we make a Star Trek show? It feels like that's what we're doing here again. I think that would be interesting to put Manny Cotto and Terry Metalis both on a show and see what happens. Because they have the same sensibilities, at least from the outside looking in. Metalis has sat there and said, you know what? Let's make a Star Trek show. Why don't we? 
Um, I don't like the I don't like the cursing. I don't like the foul language in Star Trek. I think it's completely doesn't fit. Um, but eh, eh. <clears throat> Mazer says Enterprise season three is easily compared to the first season of Star Blazers. I you know, hmm, I haven't heard. I, you know, I haven't thought about that. I, I'll have to think on that one. Um, because it's been a while since Enterprise, since I watched Enterprise season three. I'm going to, okay, so when we, when we binge watch, if we binge watch it, I guess I will have to keep that in mind when we get to season three of Enterprise. Um, yeah, Picard, Picard has never, uh, has never cursed like that, but, um, the quest for Iskandar, uh, really, okay, I, I didn't, I didn't, I'll look at that, I'll look at that. Um... And I don't, I don't need a reboot of Earth Final Conflict and Andromeda. I want new stuff. Give me new shows. I'm, I need to check out the arc from Dean Devlin over on Sci-Fi. I need to, I need to watch that. You know, I want new stuff. We don't need to keep going back to the same well over and over and over and over and over and over and over again. Because eventually, the new stuff gets compared to the old stuff. If you're doing new stuff in the same universe, like Picard, Picard gets compared to Next Generation. And this first episode is, it feels like the Next Generation. They're older, and I could completely empathize with Riker's comment about his knees. And it feels like they're. It feels like they're kind of ignoring the fact that Picard's a robot now. <laughs> At least, don't mention of that in here. But uh, you know, we'll see where it goes. I just, eh. we'll see where it goes. I'm I'm still cautiously optimistic. But I I liked this first episode. The music more than anything else got me. There were a couple of spots where I have to admit. I got a little verklempt. Just a little. Didn't have, it didn't last long, and I recognized it for what it was. I was like, "All right, you're getting me in the member berries. You, I get, I get what you're doing there." But it worked. I felt it, and I haven't felt that with regard to any kind of a Star Trek program in a very, very long time. So we'll see. <laughs> Death Angel says, I'm going to capitalize on that whole hitting 50 thing for a while. <laughs> uh, yeah, I see. So far, no F-bombs. And I've heard that there aren't any in this season. Um, I've also heard that this season is not woke. Seven and Raffi have broken up, so we don't have any lesbian trek. I there there are some there are some items to recommend the season. So we'll see what happens with episode two next week. <laughs> and I guess at some point we're gonna to have to um we're gonna to have to do maybe bring back Deep Space Minds as a regular thing. I'm not sure where we're gonna fit in the schedule. Um, I'm not sure who's going to be on it, but, uh, let's, let's give it a little bit of time. Let's see what happens with Picard and we'll, we'll figure out whether or not we're going to do. I do have an invitation out, uh, for Mr. Metallus to join us. Uh, I've also got an invitation to Robert Meyer Burnett. We'll see what happens. I don't know. Uh, Captain Phantom Nerd, I did not like the music as far as the oldies was singing. Not my taste in music. I, I, I understand that. Um, and, and that actually, <coughs> in show, there's an explanation for that. Picard says that's a mixtape that he gave his girlfriend. That's, that's a, that's a tape, that's a mixtape that he gave to Beverly. Way back. So that's what that is. All right, that's it, everybody. Thanks very much for being here. I, like, watch it. Don't watch it. If you do watch it, watch it with an open mind. It's better than I expected it to be. I liked it more than I thought I would. Um, but it could also 
very easily go off the rails at any point. I know Gary Gary said it doesn't. Dave Cullen says it doesn't. Robert says it doesn't. Because they've seen all of the episodes, all ten of them. So, fingers crossed. We'll see. All right. Uh, join us on the Discord server as well as all these other uh, social media platforms, different video platforms, and um, uh, connect with us there. And like I said, it's uh, it's just going to be one of those things. Um, give it time. Yeah, watch it. Don't watch it. I don't know. Uh, your your mileage may vary, but so far, so far, I'm happy with what I've seen. And we'll see what happens from there. All right. Tomorrow. What is tomorrow? Tomorrow's Friday. Tomorrow's Friday. So we got open line Friday tomorrow. And then we have Good Morning Multiverse on Saturday, 11 a.m. Eastern, our regular time. So join us for that. In the meantime, uh, give us a thumbs up on your way out. Feel free to share the show. Uh, and those of you who are listening to this as a podcast, uh, do check out the live video program over on YouTube at Odyssey. And we will be back to do all of this again tomorrow with your calls, with your thoughts. You get to direct the conversation on Open Line Friday tomorrow. Remember, the politicians hate you. The media is lying to you. And there are four lights. This has been a presentation of SciFiForMe.com. Copyright 2023 by Flaming Dog Media, LLC. All rights reserved. No portion of this program may be retransmitted without the express written consent of Flaming Dog Media. You're listening to Sci-Fi For Me Radio. 